I found a shortcut through hedge maze. Get away, you little! No, no, go easy on the wee one. His father's gonna go crazy and chop them all into haggis. What's haggis? <gasps> Boy, you read my thoughts. You've got the shining. You mean shining. Shh, you wanna get sued? Now look, boy, if your dad goes gaga, you just use that shin of yours to call me and I'll come a-running. But don't be reading my mind between four and five. That's Willie's time. to the horror tab. Excellent. That over there is Finn. <laughs> I am Lee. And to my left is Mr. Smith. I'm nervous. I've never done this bit before. You want to keep going? Ah, so, anyone got any news? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see how long I can stay quiet and I can't. <laughs> yeah, anyway, like he said, welcome to 2021. Yeah. So far. Fuck. Oh, it's been so different. <laughs> It's early days. Give it a chance. <laughs> Jesus, it's really spiralled into <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, we're back. Uh, first show of the year. What a year so far. Um, yes, it's a horror tap, like he said. He is Lee, like he said. The other one is Mr. Smith. And I'm Finn. And like, and rate and review and all that shit. Because I'm doing it now, because I won't do it at the end. Because mm. I always forget. Yes. Yes. We're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And all that shit. And you can like it and that helps other people listen and stuff. Algorithms. 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 Yeah. Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud as well. I'm guessing they know that by now. I mean, you'd if hope. If they're listening. You'd hope. <laughs> so, uh, I've got one bit of news. We normally start with the news. Mm. Universal are putting all their monster classics onto YouTube throughout January for free. It's in all the originals? Yep. Fantastic. Well, I know what I'm doing for the rest of January. Then. Yes, you can find. Uh, I think it's like two a day or something like that. That's amazing. Including the Mummy, Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, all that stuff. Nice. Mm. So, if you've run out of things to watch <laughs> during this pandemic, <laughs> you binged it all in the first two days, like I did. <laughs> yeah. There is more coming your way. Yeah, that's throughout January. From I think like January, I want to say seventeenth or something. Mm. Mm, yeah. Nice. Any other news? Oh, sort of horror news. Um, the next movie by James Wan, which is being touted as an action horror movie. Um, he's making his version of Mortal Kombat, and it's actually got a release time, uh, like a release window for this year. Is it called Mortal Kombat? It is, literally. It's another adaptation of Mortal Kombat. Oh. But, um, he's obviously going full on with the gore for it, and um, I'm quite interested to see how the fatalities look. But that's, I think it was either March or May, but in between those two, they said mm. they should be getting that. And the only other one was obviously Paul W.S. Anderson of the Resident Evil movie fame has just dropped Monster Hunter on us. And he's decided to fuck up another video game franchise and I'll let you know what that one's like next time. I mean, to be fair, name any film based on a video game and I'll tell you it's shit. Yeah, and you'd probably be right. I think the only watchable ones are Tomb Raider and... Well, I like the Prince of Persia one. I didn't even like Tomb Raider. Did you not? And I had a huge yeah. poster of Angelina Jolie as Tomb Raider on my wall for years as a teenager. A and I still thought the out. film was shit. <laughs> yeah, no, all great. Yeah, the Alicia Vikander one was boring as well. Yeah, that was. Hour and 15 minutes in, I was actually shouting at the TV. Like, Are you going to Raider 2 many times soon? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the news. Dun, dun, dun. On to the day's episode. Mm. We're talking about The Shining. Yay! 
Yay! Which I'm sure most people have seen by now. If you haven't, then definitely pause this and go fucking watch it right now. Yeah. Yeah, Quite do that. Wasted your life. Haven't we shall wait. Don't just sit here in silence while you watch it. Watch it for two and a half. Three hours, hours later. <laughs> so The Shining, uh, obviously directed by Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick is often regarded as one of the best filmmakers ever mm-hmm. in the history of cinema. He wasn't exactly prolific, but most people will say he's never made a bad film or never made a bad film. Is it one of the best directors to, to produce stuff? but also one of the worst to work for at times. He hated actors. Yeah, he's one of them. (laughs) And The Shining is often regarded as one of his best and is normally the top of lists in best horror films ever made or scariest horror films ever made. Like lists on YouTube or whatever. The Shining, nine times out of ten, will be number one. Mm. The book, The Shining, written by Stephen King in 1977. Anyone read it? Yeah. You have read it? Yeah. All of it. A few times. Over to you, Mr. Smith. (laughs) Uh, In brief, if you will. (laughs) I mean, it's it's quite different to the, like, it's famously different to the film. Yeah. um, Because the book concentrates largely on the fact that it's the hotel itself that is evil. Yeah. Um, And, like, everything stems from that rather than the film is, like, uh, Jack's descent into madness. Mm. Um, It's long, isn't it, the book? The book is long. Yeah. Proper Um, doorstop. It is, yeah, it is one of. um, Stephen King's thicker books. Mm. Um, it's a great book. Yeah, really, really, really good. I think um, his third novel. It, yeah, it's not. Um, yeah. yeah, it's an early one. Yeah, it's just showing off. Yeah. <laughs> well, now he just churns them out all the time. He's yeah. like, oh, I've, he's got them lying around. Like when he goes to the toilet, there's one there. He just finishes that and publishes it. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, King got the inspiration from the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which is a real place. Mm-hmm. He stayed there with his wife. And they were the only people staying there. It was the end of the season in Colorado. And um, basically, it was just him and his wife, the only guests in this massive hotel. And he was walking around, drunk probably, um, or on Class A's, as King was known for back in the day. And just started making up stories of ghosts and people that have probably stayed there over the years and, and all that stuff. Um, the actual Stanley Hotel, obviously in the book, is the Overlook Hotel, but the actual Stanley Hotel was used for the exteriors in the 1997 miniseries of The Shining. Mm. Uh, in this film, it's actually, I can't remember the name of it, it's a different hotel and it's in Oregon, but we shall get on to that. So, Stanley Kubrick, as we said, supposedly never made a bad film, except for maybe Barry Lyndon, mm. which I've actually never seen, but it bombed. Big time, and critics hated it. They said it was, it looked great, but it was long, slow. It is dull. I've watched it once <laughs> a long time ago. I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it doesn't deserve like a terrible film tag, but it's yeah, it's, it's not a lot happens. No, it doesn't. Yeah, <coughs> and it's, it's it's a long piece. So Barry Lyndon bombed, and Kubrick decided he needed to make something more commercial. And he decided he was going to make a horror film and basically asked his secretary to just bring him every horror book she could find to try and adapt something. Mm. And supposedly, according to his secretary, for weeks she would just be sat there at her desk and would just hear the sound of books smashing against the wall as he would (laughs) read a chapter and be like, no, and then throw it against the wall like, no, and just thud, thud into the uh, discarded pile of shit horror books. Uh, until one day she realised she hadn't heard a thud at the wall for a few hours and went in to find him reading The Shining and he loved it. 
And that's how we got this movie. So, The Shining from 1980, directed by Stanley Kubrick. It stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, Scatman Crothers. Yeah, that's a name and a half, isn't it? <laughs> Scatman. <laughs> Barry Nelson, Philip Stone. Yes. yes. Joe Turkle, Anne Jackson, and Tony Barton. The plot beeth. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Right. Before we go any further, can we talk about the issue of the runtime? Yeah. <laughs> there we can. Yeah. Because the last two names I mentioned uh, in the cast list there, Anne Jackson and Tony Burton, if you watch the two-hour version, they're not in the film. No, they're not. No. They're entirely cut. So... Last week, no, sorry, this week, I borrowed the copy of The Shining, the DVD copy of The Shining, for a friend. Thank you, Jess. And I've seen this film, I'd say, twice before in my life. Mm. Last time, probably 10 years ago. Right. And if you'd asked me before last week or this week, how long is The Shining? I would have said two and a half, three hours long. That's a fucking long film. Mm. I kind of bolt at anything that's over two hours. Mm. So getting ready to watch it, I looked at the back case and it said it was two hours long, runtime. I was like, huh? Is it? Mm. I swear this film was longer. Look on IMDb, runtime, two and a half hours. Odd. So looking at the case, there's nothing, you know, it, it just says Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It doesn't say short version or anything like that. I then messaged you, Mr. Yeah. Smith, how long was your version? Uh, mine was well. I, I have two. Right, versions. of course you I do. Have two copies. <laughs> so I have the the short one and I have the full one. So and the full one is um, yeah about two and two and a half, just over two and a half hours. Yeah, two thirty seven, I think, from the one I had. I think so, something like that. Was well, the one I watched today was two twenty six. Um. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So we watched it, we Lee and I, the two hour version. Yeah, I sacked off the two and a half hour one. I can't watch the same. But when we when it finished, I sort of sat there and thought, that did feel rushed, mm. Mm. It and it didn't quickly. feel as good. It excises a lot of setup. Mm. Yeah, because um, when I've watched this film mm. past times, the full versions, I'm like, that's amazing. But this time, I was like, that was alright. But mm. yeah, so what it turns out is there are two versions of this, and one is half an hour shorter. In the UK, we got stiffed on the DVD release. Yeah. And I think in the rest of Europe as well. We got the two-hour version. America and everywhere else got the full actual version. Hmm. For whatever reason, Kubrick did a shorter cut, which some people claim is better. It is not. It is not. They are fools. Yes. Yeah. Screen rant, or whoever the fuck you were that wrote that article. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've got a copy of this and it's two hours long, throw it in the bin... Yeah, and go and source out. But it, even like, um, you know, around like twenty years ago, whatever, around the the release date of the DVD, the, when they showed it on television, it was the long one, the two and a half hour one. Mm. So why they why this exists, I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And yeah, there are some huge scenes that are cut out of the shorter version, such as the entire scene with Danny when he's a child seeing the psychiatrist. Mm. Uh, Tony Barton's all of his scenes are cut out. 
and lots of things that are set up throughout. Relevant to like Jack's alcoholism, pretty mm. much ignored. Yeah. Yes. So in the short version, Jack at one point heads to a bar and is like, "I need a drink." But in the longer version, it is explained at the beginning that Jack is essentially a recovering alcoholic, and he also beat his child once because he was drunk. So, yeah, all that is cut out. Anyway, let's get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> let's just get on with it. Unfortunately, yes, all of my notes are written to the shorter version. Uh, mine are the longer one. Okay, so. take it away, Mr. Smith. In the beginning, <laughs> I think you'll find. That was, we start with an absolutely beautiful shot uh, from a helicopter. That mm. opening shot, yeah. Is the quite music. Incredible, yeah. The music by uh, Wendy uh, Carlos and Rachel Elkind, is it? Yes. Um, yes, Good. very it, ominous be the word. Mm. Dark, foreboding. Mm. Ooga booga. <laughs> As... Definitely sets the tone. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes, very well. And it's immediate. Mm. Like, bang, the music starts. That uh, brilliant, the, I guess, establishing shots of helicopter shots essentially before drones existed mm. um, over the, the lake and then following the car as it drives through the mountains of Colorado yeah. or possibly Oregon I'm not sure where they filmed those scenes and uh, the only thing I will say about it the credits kind of they're very of the time they <laughs> seem to <laughs> the opening credits such as you know Stanley Kubrick Jack Nicholson yada yada the title The Shining seem to roll through the screen like the end of a shit film. Yeah. Mm. Like, really quickly, like... this, Cheap. A bit cheap. <laughs> Come on now, Stanley. First criticism. <laughs> <laughs> on the opening shot. <laughs> no, the opening shot is fantastic. Yeah. It's just that that credits, they, they just look rushed. Nah, yeah. Entirely. And it sort of takes you out a bit like, oh, I thought we were watching a good film. Never mind. Do you notice as well when the, the shot finally reaches the hotel, you can, at the top of the screen you can see the shadow, like, of, the the shadow of the rotors like from the yeah. helicopter. For a man that was an absolute perfectionist, yeah. there's a couple of things in this that <laughs> you could point out. Yeah, and that being one of them. <laughs> so, for the beginning part, or the first half of the film it's divided into chapters and the first chapter being the interview yeah yes this is basically jack torrance jack nicholson's character shows up to be interviewed at this overlook hotel for a job as caretaker over the course of the winter five months yeah yes, yes. and they're saying you know it's it's a Basically fairly like easy a job. Could you imagine having to isolate for five months yes. in a year? Yeah, like, he's, it's just obscene. You couldn't imagine it. Voluntarily puts himself into lockdown yeah. for whatever reason. And they also mentioned during the interview that, oh, by the way, <laughs> your predecessor murdered his family and shot himself because he went mad because of isolation. Here's the keys. Ta-ta. Bye-bye now. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Cut them up into little pieces and stack them neatly in one of the rooms. <laughs> also, during this scene, why is everyone wearing really weird ties? They seem to be made of wool. Because oh, I didn't notice the ties. The ties are weird looking. Is that just I mean, the whole office thing, is like... weird looking. I don't know. It's just the, uh, the material they're made of. Like mm. both Jack and the guy interviewing him. I think the other guy. If he's wearing a tie, I can't remember. But they just seem to be like... Why are they made of, like, wool? I know the tiny things. My dad used to have a couple like that. Because it's snowy. Yeah, right. They're <laughs> keeping one very thin part of their neck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, or a scarf <laughs> to, warm, <laughs> to warm the centre of their 
torso. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Solar plexus sexiness. Yeah. There you go. Meanwhile, we'll introduce to Danny Torrance, Jack's son, who talks with his finger. Tony. I'm just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Tony, that Tony the finger. No. <laughs> who sounds like a mob character. I don't want to go. <laughs> it's me, Tony the finger. <laughs> so Tony the finger and Danny are talking. I can't remember what they're fucking talking about. So, yeah, that's kind of cut in between. At some point, the psychiatrist scene happens, but I can't remember when because I watched the short version. Uh, it's it's just, just after that bit. Um, it's You basically get the bit with Danny and Wendy. Yeah. And then... Danny, because they excise a whole bit where Danny asks Tony to show him why he doesn't want to go. Yes, like, that bit is. Is it? Yeah. Because mm. apparently it's the first time you see the, the blood coming out of the, esc- uh, the elevator. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then he falls over, like collapses, and then mm. he wakes up and the, the psychiatrist is oh, asking I see, right. questions. So I got up to that, but yeah, so the, Danny says to Tony the Finger, why don't you want to go? And Tony's like, he was white, kid. <laughs> and yeah, he has like his first visions. It's he sees the twins, yeah, the uh, blood coming out of the um, elevator down the cor- yes. uh, corridor, and something else I can't remember. And yeah, basically he freaks out. When they find yeah. out shortly after that, that the whole hotel's built on an Indian burial ground. Oh, that's, yeah, that's mentioned when the they arrive. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then, next chapter, closing day, which is when they're driving there, Jack <laughs> with the family. And they mentioned the Donner Party. I mean, this whole scene, bit... this is one of the things that, that, that's completely different to the book, is, is Jack, from the, from the very offset, seems like he fucking hates his family. Yeah. Mm. Like, this, this car ride, he's like, everything they say, he's like, oh, God. He's traumatised <laughs> the kid talking about cannibalism. It's like, yeah, it's okay, yeah. Wendy, he saw, saw it on the TV. TV. <laughs> Even, like, the beginning, he's like, Dad, I'm hungry, well... Should have eaten your breakfast, didn't yeah. you? Literally, it's all got that hint of like everything he says actually means fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if you're getting choked. <laughs> yeah, I just put, yeah, so they're, they're, they're on driving there talking about the Donner Party, which is obviously about cannibalism, so already it's pretty dark. And yeah, the dad seems nuts already. Yeah. Like, he's not even got and, there. And, and Wendy seems, definitely has this air of, she, she's scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But well, he is at that time. <laughs> He's an alcoholic that beats his children. Uh, and then they get there, they're shown around. Uh, yeah, it's mentioned that it's supposedly buried on an Indian burial ground. Uh, built, sorry, on an Indian burial Which is ground. normally a lazy writing trope, I think. But like for this, I'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't really see any Indians. Oh, no, well, the whole the, the decor in the um, Colorado is based on, like, uh, it's all got like Indian bits to it, like Native um, American stuff. I see. Can't say Indian, can we? Native American. Native American. Let's yeah. go with Native American. But in the film, quote, Indian burial ground. Yes. Nah. Uh, and then Danny is hanging out in the games room. We get our first crash zoom of the film onto the twins, <laughs> twins. that appear Who behind him. Oh, creepy as fuck. Yeah. And still one of the creepiest things in cinema to date, I think. Like, just every time they appear on screen, it's just unsettling. It's one of the most, like, imitated things for, like, references as well. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when they speak. Yeah. Loads of, like, he might even space do it at one point. Yeah. Like, there's a Slipknot video where they end up doing the whole main guys doing the trike around the hotel and everything with the twins and it's, even that's horrible. We're also then introduced to Skatman Crothers. Dick Halloran. That's it. He is the chef. 
It is. is head chef. Head chef. He's showing them around the kitchen, and he keeps calling Danny Doc. Mm. And it turns out that they're like, "How do you know we call him Doc?" It's like, "Oh, I must have heard you say it." It's like, it's read the script. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that Scatman Crothers has the same kind of bizarre ability that Danny does, mm -hmm. and this is where he explains to Danny how it is that he can hear his thoughts, and it's called shining. The shine, yes, or shining. Uh, but Danny doesn't really like it. He doesn't. What is it? He sort of tries to repress it. Yeah, because Tony the Finger says he shouldn't. Yeah, Tony yeah, tells him not to show it to talk people. About it, yeah. That's it. Yeah. But so the, yeah, there is a scene between uh, Dick and Danny, and he's kind of explaining to him like what the shining is and how you have this power, yada yada. Um, but Danny just kind of wants to know like, what's in room two three seven? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. He, Danny it. knows that something bad has gone down in this hotel. Possibly many things bad. So you're scared of room 237, ain't you? Yeah. I ain't scared. Yeah. Just don't go in there. Yeah. Never! <laughs> <laughs> so, they've arrived at the hotel. We know Danny has some kind of power. Telepathy? Or just the shining. Uh, yeah. He can hear thoughts. He can see... It's very nondescript psychic abilities. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and he can sense... Sort of, he can sense when bad things have happened. Mm, mm. Um, like they say, it's like leaving a stain. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, blood stains. The memories of stuff. Yeah, like, basically, some places can like absorb the, the energy of things that have taken place within. Yes. The so the Overlook Hotel be bad. Yeah. Basically, Lots any of bad stuff shit has happened. Yeah. One month later, it'd be a bloody dull caretaking movie if it hadn't. <laughs> I do like the way every time it goes to the next, like, one month later, it's like, dang! Yeah, it's like really, like, crashing music. It's like, it's just a title card. Christ, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also, yeah, the music throughout this film is kind of, uh, like a bit in Hereditary, the music is like its own character. Yeah. It's just, it's, and it runs all the way through, and it's just there to kind of scare you when nothing is really happening. Mm. Well done. <laughs> So yeah, a month later, and we get the uh, the famous Steadicam shot, or one of many, and it's Danny going down the hallway on his big wheel. Yeah, this yeah. the Steadicam was invented for this. No, it wasn't. Was it not? No, it was actually invented the... in 1975 by a guy called Garrett Brown, and was used on a number of films before this, including oh, Marathon Man. I thought he was, I bet he was the guy that created he, it. Yeah. Yes, he worked That's on this film. Getting... Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of people seem to think that this was the first film with Steadicam and that Kubrick invented it. It's not the case. No. Yeah, it was I know it was Garrett Brown, yeah, but I assumed that it, it, it was while he was working on The Shining. That it no, uh, it was used in Marathon Man, Rocky... Uh, I can't remember the name of the first film it was. I've got it written down in these pages somewhere. Um, this was the first... I think the reason it gets, this you know, normally takes the credit for it is because this is a... In these shots, these steady cams, they kind of stick out a bit more because they're... They're at such a low level to the ground, yeah. following uh, Danny around on his on his tricycle thing, because usually they were at like you know normal human standing height. But Kubrick yeah. was like, "I want it down there." He's like, "Right, okay." Yeah. I think <laughs> I think he was in a wheelchair when they filmed them. Put it on your ankles, like just follow him. No, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> So what I really like about it, other than the actual camera work, is the sound and like how much the like when the wheels go from being on the carpet to on the wood. Yeah, it's a really shrill change. It's probably like, and it yeah. does almost twinge a little bit. Like. Yes. Meanwhile, Jack has embraced lockdown life fully. 
He's waking up at half eleven. Yeah. <laughs> He's not doing any work. No. He's procrastinating completely. I feel personally attacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's procrastinating and getting annoyed if somebody points out that he's procrastinating. <laughs> <Yeah>. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and he's basically claimed that room. He's like, this is my room. This large, fucking huge, yeah, the biggest this, room in the hotel. Yeah, this is mine. My, my writing. Yes, that you're not doing. Yeah. Shut up. Fuck off. <laughs> this is where you get the long, lingering shot of the typewriter at the end of this one, isn't it? For the first time. I believe so. I, I think this, one, this scene ends with... Um, Danny and Wendy go for a walk around the maze. And it's this, is it, oh yeah, he spots the, the maze overhead. model. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, there's the stare out the window as yeah. well. Bouncing the tennis but ball against the wall. I think mm. I put a note down as well, where it's like, it's the first time you see this proper shot of the typewriter. It's zoomed on for so long, and with its, it almost sets the typewriter up as a character as well, which I quite liked. Mm. Mm. It's definitely got its own presence. Yeah, they end up going for the walk in the maze. Um, the massive, big-ass maze. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, the, he, he then spots a, a model of the maze on the table and they're in the model. Well, it's the shot. It's very yeah, overhead it's kind of shot, isn't in it? And it becomes like them in the yeah. maze. It's a clever shot. Yeah. It's very clever. It's also the only uh, digital one in the whole film. Is it? Everything else was done you know, in camera, essentially, or oh, on ooh. camera. Bong! Tuesday. <laughs> 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 the, the chapters are weird. Yeah. Um, they... Mm. They do jump around a lot, and we don't get them for, for ages. Uh, or you get them, lots of them at the beginning, and then it kind of, yeah, they, they stop kind of doing the chapter out. thing, yeah. Now we're at Tuesday. Bang! <laughs> and we've got some more big wheel action from Danny going around. Uh, this is where he first comes across room 237. Yes. And he cycles past it. Which is locked. And it's he done. just stares at it. Mm. Yes. Mine, this is uh, then the scene with Jack having a massive fucking go at Wendy. Mm. Well, yeah, this is the... Uh, it starts off with Jack, is, he's just tapping away to the most dramatic music ever accompanied by a man on a typewriter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might like a death note, if you've ever watched that. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to make writing things look exciting. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah, amazing. Yeah, but now he's all... Um, yeah, she comes in, and we get that whole... Um, breaking my concentration speech. This is, yeah, she comes in to offer him a sandwich. Yeah. Mm. And he... Fucking loses it. Yeah, I think this is where at one point he was it he whips a bit of paper out of the typewriter, yeah. does it really violently. Just before, yeah. And about two minutes later, you did the same thing when we were watching it, and I nearly shit myself. <laughs> I can't say. So, all, all podcast and no Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He has that math. He snapped at his wife. She is terrified of him. Yeah, and rightly so right? because he's terrifying. Yes. But, but still, breaking my concentration. I've written yeah. there, those goddamn eyebrows in my notes. <laughs> yeah, the issue being that she is breaking his concentration by even entering the room. Yeah, and he's just like, now I've got to start all over again from doing nothing, which I actually was because yeah. I've not done any fucking work. Why don't you start by getting the fuck out of here? And she's just like, oh, okay, I'm a woman. <laughs> it just. <laughs> Like that would, you know, if you said that to any woman today, they'd yeah. fucking slap you and rightly slow. Mm. I mean, she, she has, I mean, she is portrayal of Wendy, yeah, it, like in this, it, she is a pathetic character. Yeah. And you just, you feel, it's almost beyond feeling sorry for you. Like, oh my God, just, <laughs> just have a, stop. Have a valium and give him a slap, like chill the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, she, she is weak. Mm. And he is an arsehole. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very quickly established. Well, like you said, even when they're driving up there, 
you're just like, this guy's kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah. So no, nothing that unfolds surprises me that much. Yeah, I mean, we, obviously, we, as we find out later on with the whole thing with Nanny, we understand why she is that afraid. Like, he has gotten drunk and been violent and snapped oh. that one time. So she's probably like, no, she's walking on eggshells with him when he gets like But even that. in that scene when she's explaining it, mm. the one that's deleted from the version I watch, it does sound like she's making excuses for him. Um, yeah, entirely. Yeah. Entirely. Um, you never see the uh, psychiatrist's face while she's telling that story, but you can just picture it being like... Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the differences between Jack in the book and Jack in the film is Jack's a lot more of a sympathetic character in the book. Right. Like, he's a lot more... Like, the, the transition from uh, what he starts off with, what he starts off as to what he becomes is a much bigger arc, whereas in this, you're just like... The minute you meet him... I mean, even in the interview, like, if you were interviewing Jack Nicholson to be left in a hotel with his family for five months, you'd be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know if this is right for you! <laughs> it's like, yeah, you'll be on your own for five... Well, that's just what I'm looking for. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, this guy... Like, you know what? Fuck it. We won't be here. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they probably met Wendy and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it starts to snow, and that's when they go outside and play in the snow, and Jack just stares out the window. Yeah, that looking iconic scene. Fucking mm. mental. Yeah. He's not even doing anything, and you're like, wow. Yeah. Look at that. You've got that steam whistly boiling kettle noise building up in the background as well to show the pressure cooker that is his brain. Yes. Yeah. Bong! Saturday. Hey, good. My notes were correct. Continue. <laughs> this is the next Grady Twins bit, isn't it? Uh, not in the version I watched. Oh. <laughs> Over to you, in Mr. The version I watched Because it's just after that Jack snapped and then the, she goes... To check the phones are down. That's the other one, yeah. yeah, The the phones are down because of the snowstorm, and she's on the radio Mm. to the, the, the. the guys in the radio shack yeah, the, like, the police the, the local police force and they're just and saying, even he though when she's talking to him he's like anyway I'm, I want to go <laughs> is there anything else you could be doing yeah. <laughs> like also, fixing your own damn phone line yeah. <laughs> it really like annoys me. me it really annoys me not just in this film but every film and again Kubrick you perfectionist got this wrong she says over and out yeah. Now, in actual radio language, saying over and out is the equivalent of asking someone a question in person and then turning around and walking away immediately in silence. Because <laughs> over to you, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and they do it like in most films, and it really annoys me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good one, Kubrick. Fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess I could forgive it because I'm, I'm assuming Wendy doesn't use many radios. Not until now, no. no. <laughs> I wrote it that way to show her incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> Deliberate. Yeah. Uh, this is also when we see the twins again in the hallway. Yes. yes. And he goes around the corner and bang, they're there. And this is the one where it flashes between them being chopped up. On the floor. And standing mm. there. And, and they start speaking play with us, in Daddy. their yeah, creepy English accents. Come play mm. with us forever and ever. Bong! Monday. <laughs> Uh, this is, again, this is a scene that is heavily cut down, the, the Monday thing, when um, they're there watching TV and Jack wants to go get his fire engine. Danny wants to go get his fire engine. Sorry, Danny wants to go get the fire engine, the toy, and Mum's like, well, your dad's sleeping, don't go in there, blah, blah, blah. And he does go up anyway, but you don't see any of that in the short version. You just see Danny enter the room. 
and Jack is not sleeping. He's just sat. Yeah, in the long version, you know that he isn't sleeping, or he's trying to sleep, mm. and he should technically be asleep. But in the short one, he just shows up in a room, and he just appears to be sitting on the bed for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. But, yeah. So he goes in the room, yeah, and Jack is just sat on the end of the bed doing fuck all, and uh, he sits the boy on his lap, and they have a little father and son heart to heart, and Danny's like, you wouldn't, like... Hurt us, would you? Triggered. Yeah. Why? What did she say? Yeah. Basically, Jack seems surprised by this, but in all fairness, it's a valid fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) Like Jack has been fucking nuts for the past few days. And he's a recovering alcoholic. And he's a recovering alcoholic. In isolation. And he's not doing anything to dispel the fact that he's probably going to murder everyone. Yes. But yeah. So naturally, Danny asks, and also Danny is having the shining visions. Yeah. And Tony the Finger probably told him, Hey, your dad's gonna murder you. <laughs> Moida, yeah. yeah? <laughs> so he asks the question, and he's like, I'd never hurt you. Yeah, I'd never do anything to hurt you, Jack says. Again. Like he definitely would hurt everyone. Yes. <laughs> Bung! Wednesday. This is the tennis ball scene. Yes. Mm. Where it's rolled out to him. Yeah, you know, Danny is playing with his toys in the corridor. And a tennis ball just round. I believe is is it supposed to be the same tennis ball that Jack was throwing around? I always assume so. Mm. A tennis ball rolls into shot. It mm. uh, rolls into his toys, which would have fucked me off. Like, what's this? You've ruined yeah. my setup. And that was Jenga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wasn't playing Jenga, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. And uh, it appears the ball has come from room two three seven, which is now open. Mm. Yes, the door is open. So, but Danny goes to investigate. We don't really see what happens. You don't mm. see. Yeah, you don't really see. It just cuts to Wendy checking the utilities, which is oh, meant no, to be. Hang on, you do. You walk in, and then you see there's a woman in the bath, and then it cuts. Yeah, in the long, in the short, short version, version, that's not in it. Ah, no. Right. Again, people, if you have the short version, bin it and find the right <laughs> one. You need to make yourself a nice, useful coaster. Yeah, next to Alien Three. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the, in the short one, it just cuts to uh, Wendy in the utilities, you know, checking like the boilers and that, which again is supposed to be Jack's job. Yes. Mm. He's too busy screaming. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> face down on the table going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've all tried to write stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, face down in front of your table, like, oh, God! Every time I try to do notes for this, do you not hear me hollering in my room? <laughs> Turns out he's fallen asleep because he was working so hard. Yeah. Um, he's done no fucking work. Procrastination is exhausting. Yeah, yeah, he's fallen asleep at his desk and is screaming out loud, having a nightmare. Wendy comes into the room, which she shouldn't do. She's been fucking warned. She has, she been, has warned been warned not in to go into yep. to Jack. Yep, but she goes in anyway <laughs> and uh, wakes him up and he reveals he was having... A horrible night. Having a lovely dream yeah. about chopping her and Danny up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the, the like, most horrible dream I ever had. I dreamt I murdered you. Like, oh. What's okay. with the boner, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this is sweat. <laughs> and you were there, and you were there. <laughs> you were dead. And you were dead. So yeah, Jack isn't woken up to reveal he's just had a dream about murdering his wife and child. Mm. Danny then appears in the Colorado suite a bit like, walking along. Yeah. 
and Wendy sees this, runs over to him, and he has got scratch marks. Got scratch marks on his neck, on and his, his neck, jumper's, his been jumper's ripped. all ripped. Yeah, and she deduces, the "What's happened to you?" Yep, you did this. You did this. You did this. <laughs> she starts blaming Jack, and he sits there with that kind of that meme on his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that expression of "Oh, what?" Because at this point, he generally hasn't hurt anybody. No, mm. he's yeah. acted fucking loony, but he hasn't actually done anything. So he's he... still getting shit for it. Yeah. <laughs> so Poor he... Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, at this point, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Yeah. He just has that, I didn't do anything look on his face for ages. Mm. This is when uh, he decides he needs to go for a drink, I believe. Yeah, and he's, he's got that yes. bit. He's, he's heading towards the, uh, the gold ballroom mm. and he's doing a, a Nick Cage before Nick Cage ever did a Nick Cage but he's doing it better yeah, yeah. he's just doing a fuck it up yes Jack I need a drink because he says like I'd give my soul for a beer which in the long version makes sense that it's kind of dramatic in the short one you're like I don't blame you yeah. <laughs> how have you made it this far mm. Enter Lloyd the Barman. My hero. The real Ooh. hero of the piece. Lloyd the Barman. <laughs> the best barman ever. He's clearly got a severe disdain for everybody he serves. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there, he's now in this bar and there's a barman there called Lloyd serving him drinks free. Yeah. Mm. Um, money's no good here, Mr. Times. That's it. And you're left thinking, what the fuck is this? Is this an hallucination? Is this a ghost? But this, this also know. adds to the, the whole Jack is a fucking bit of a dickhead anyway. Because he actually uses the, like, Lloyd's like, what, what's wrong, Mr. Torrance? And he says, just a little problem with the old sperm bank upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Which is a terrible life. <laughs> it could have been spunk dumpster. It could have been worse. Any like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he then uh, uses this to try and uh, talk a again about the time he beat his son. Mm. Yeah. And sort of, it was an accident. Yeah, a momentary yeah. lapse yes. of muscular. Yeah, he yeah, used a bit too much force or something like that. He spilled my notes everywhere and I <clears> grabbed him. All I wanted to do was move him, which I fucking did. Yeah, moved him across the room, <laughs> against the wall. Save wear and tear on the carpet by throwing <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, him and, uh, him and Lloyd are having this little chat. He's, I guess, doing what drunks do and just kind of. Using the barman as a crutch to, for his emotions. Yeah. See, that's where I like to get him back. I just get drunk on the other side of the bar and start talking at them. <laughs> you like it. Cut to Wendy. She shows up with a baseball bat. Yep. 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 At the bar, Lloyd's disappeared, as is the drink. <clears throat> Good. <laughs> and she uh, starts saying that there's a crazy person who's attacked Danny. That's where, sorry, I thought it was you, but it turns out it's actually a crazy woman yeah. who was in the bath in this room, and Jack says, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah, which room? Yeah. Woman in the bath, you say. I'll investigate immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to, oh, by the way, the, the chapters are kind of, we've stopped doing that. Yeah, they, they don't even appear anymore, they? Yeah, they? well, I think there's one more, mm. um, but they kind of sack that idea off. Mm. There's another yeah. thing I was going to mention with Lloyd as well. It's <clears> something that one of these... That, these characters, you see, they're not sure if he does the first instance where he repeats a couple of lines, almost like he's trying to plant a seed in Jack's head a little bit. Yeah. Um, which becomes more of a thing as we go on. But that was when I first noticed it. Mm. Uh, we now cut back to uh, Scatman. Oh, in his porn den. <laughs> his porn den. <laughs> yeah, he's that, got that a lot of naked ladies. Titties, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the naked ladies on the wall. Yeah. Mm. He loves them. 
Yeah. 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 Impressive well, naked ladies on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, he's got one above the TV and then one, one above the behind bed. him <laughs> as he's just lying in bed watching the news. Yeah, and he's he also has, has a bit of a spaz with The Shining. Yeah, mm. turns out he lives in Miami, mm. um, which I didn't know. It just again, I think this is the short version. It's like, oh, he's he's gone to Miami where he lives apparently. Uh, yeah, he's then being shone. Yeah. Shinned? Sh- Doing a shine shine too. He's getting shined at. Shinted. Yeah. yeah. Shinted. Mm. Shinted. <laughs> he's shinted his pants. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting an incoming message from the big giant head. Shinning all over the <laughs> And uh, meanwhile, he's getting the message and in bed like, oh, whoa. Whilst Danny is back in Colorado having a like bad acid trip on the bed. Yeah. Mm. It's Danny essentially communicating with him to say, something be up. Mm. Come? Question mark. <laughs> Which is why we should all be thankful for like mobile phones and stuff these days. Saves a lot of all this. Shinning. But, yeah, there's no brain embolisms where you're just trying to get... More calling awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jack goes into room, uh, room 237 to investigate. Mm. And there's a naked woman in the bath. Who is Mrs. Massey. Who? <laughs> you find out a bit more in the, the next film, like, but you get a little bit more backstory in the book, and she's a woman called Lorraine Massey. She's a babe. Um, yeah, um, she had various affairs in the hotel until uh, her husband found out. And missed a chance, mate. Yeah, <laughs> killed her. Uh, but yeah, Jack seems really pleased to see her in the bath, even though she's potentially just strangled his son. Well, they've got something in common. <laughs> <laughs> She's a tall lady, though, isn't she's she? She's a very yeah. tall, very attractive, very naked woman. Mm. Yeah. And he just lights up like a fucking Christmas tree. Well, a pretty moderate bush for the 80s, I might point out. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't uh, say anything. He just walks over and they start kissing. Yeah. And as he's kissing her, he then realises, or he just sees in the mirror as he's snogging this beautiful woman, that actually, it's not. It turns out to be an old lady corpse. A rotting corpse hang. Mm. Yeah. Basically. And he's like, ooh! No. So she turns... This isn't as much fun. <laughs> I'm off. So, I mean, I've been in that position If the bar's before. shut, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Got alcohol at home. And then Jack gets back to the room and Wendy's like, what did you see? He's like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nobody got all the hell in here. I think, yeah, the whole um, Jack says Danny made it up so he doesn't have to admit he tongued a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair... If anyone had, if you'd done that and someone said, what happened? You'd be like, doesn't matter. You wake up after a night out with a condom up your ass in the middle of the woods. Oh, are you telling anyone? Like, well, I don't know. It depends mean, on your um, lifestyle. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to fact about the tall lady. Um, I don't remember the actress's name, but apparently one of two films she was in. Oh, I've read that she never made anything before or after. Uh, the thing she's in after, they they got the right to use her likeness for Ready Player One for the shining scenes and that. I've not oh. seen Ready Player One. Not missing a whole lot. Just a two, like hours really of re- two hours of references. Don't want it to be about anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the city block's blown up. My parents are dead. Anyway, video games. So that's how I sum up that film. So they determined that Jack... Is, uh, sorry, that Danny has done it to himself. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Somehow. With, his, with his massive fake nails that we saw him put on earlier, clearly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mean, Danny is still having a bad trip in bed. He's having no but carry on. Yep. And she wants to leave. And Jack fucking flips out like, what? Yeah. What what would that solve? It's like, well, do you want to maybe look at what's going on here? He needs a doctor. He has this weird massive woe is me speech. Like, don't you ever care about me? Yeah. Like my responsibilities. I knew you'd take this opportunity to fuck up my life again, Wendy. Mm. Poor Wendy. 
Yeah, by this point, she's, I mean, she she looks like a, a bit of a mess from the minute she's on screen, but by now, she's, like, just falling apart, quite visibly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she can barely speak. She's actually like, puppeteered, so her legs just went to shit. Uh, literally. <laughs> but, I mean, it's hardly surprising. So after a little kerfuffle, Jack heads off once again, presumably looking for more booze. The imaginary bar. This is where he hears the music. Mm. And he walks into the bar, the ballroom, where the bar is, and it's full. There's people. a full-on full on night going on. Yeah, there's a full-on party, a 1920... You, are, you would think, oh, it's a 1920s theme party, but yeah, they do seem to be very... 20s-ish. Yes. 20s get-up and all that. Mm. It would appear that he has travelled back in time, but he's just totally fine with this. Yeah. Like, he just walks straight to the bar. Good evening, Mr. Torrance. Good evening, Lloyd. Lloyd is back. Mm. Uh, and this is the, your money's no good here. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. From upper man, well, from, from the very top. Yes, the very top. Which mm. I always found that is, is quite an ominous sort of thing because Jack's like well that man likes to know who's buying his drink yeah. because that doesn't concern you at the moment Mr. Torrance and it's, that's, it's never really followed up that, like, and I was, I'm always like who? Who does he like, mean? He says his name a couple of extra times in this one so it brought me back to when we were doing The Lost Boys and you were saying like the overuse of someone's name where you're almost like it's like trying to... It's um, invasive, like, kind of like almost manipulative. It's, yeah, it's an invasive thing. If you use someone's name, people that say your name a lot when they speak mm. generally are fucking psychopaths and you should avoid them. Yeah. Mm. But the idea is if they say your name a lot, especially if you've just met, mm. the idea is that they come across as like friendly. Yeah. And then once you, you know, they establish a kind of friendship thing very quickly mm. and therefore they will trust you or you will trust them. Yeah, very yeah. quickly. I don't know about you, but as a bartender, I've always said like before, like anyone who starts or ends every sentence with the phrase "my friend," I can guarantee you we're not going to be. It's like, oh, oh, see, I'm, oh, I'm my the, friend. If you get me a quick beer, thank you very much, my friend. I'm like at the very extreme that. end of that. I just don't like to talk to anyone. I know. I'm not aware <laughs> of that. Kitchen <laughs> shift, you say? Off I fuck. Right. Will not befriend anyone. You, you literally have to have been in my pub at least eight times before I'll even acknowledge your existence. Well, I better leave then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so at this point, you are kind of saying, anybody want to guess what the fuck's going on at this point? Yeah. Uh, is he, are they ghosts? Are they hallucinations? Well, is, it's kind is of he... suggested that uh, it's, this is manifesting in Jack's mind. Yes, mm. he's um, really but, lost it. Yeah, which in the book, it's like it's, it's actually manifesting the hotel is making all this happen. Whereas right. this, the film heavily suggests that this is all in Jack's brain. Mm, yes. So I said it's backed up by the fact that when he's <coughs> done talking to Lloyd, obviously he turns around and he bumps into Grady, who spills the drink all over Delbert Grady. Him. And, from, and from what we've seen of him, you'd expect him to go fucking nuts at this guy. And he's all very much like, oh no, don't worry, don't worry, it's all fine, it's all fine, let's just go wash me off in the men's room. And That's yeah. it, yeah. They take, he, Grady, the butler, bumps into him, mm. spills drink on him. Nicer to the imaginary waiter than he is his own family. <laughs> and they, Grady the butler takes him to the men's room to clean his, try and get the, the crap off of his jacket. Mm. And they have a very odd conversation. And this yes. is where he keeps repeating the phrase, if you don't mind my saying, quite a lot. Yes. Also, I love this scene, I have I to really say. It's a scene. fantastic scene. It is, and it's very uh, ominous and just... <laughs> slightly confusing to the point where you're like I, I what who what you can't yeah. you can't stop listening or watching no. this scene mm. 
it feels like something's about to be revealed, but at the same time, it's just more confusion. Yeah. <laughs> they suck you in. Yeah, the idea is uh, Grady is the name of the caretaker that the guy interviewing Jack for the job at the beginning mentioned that went nuts and killed his family mm. and himself. And Jack says, like, wait, your name's Grady? Uh, weren't you the caretaker here? Yeah. And Grady's like, no. And it's, I've never been the caretaker. You're the caretaker. You're the caretaker. You've always, always been, been the caretaker. caretaker. I should know. I've been here forever. I've always been here. Yeah, so yeah. like, what? And then he, uh, Grady makes some other weird comments. Said, your son is attempting to bring an outside party into the situation. Yes, mm. and says some very rude words. Colourful language. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I assume you did there. Colourful language. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I put, uh, they swap stories on how to be a good dad. That's um, it. And Grady he... suggests that uh, his wife was bad once, and he corrected, corrected her. her. Corrected her. Well, he starts off about the girls. Like I corrected them, mm -hmm. and then my wife uh, was upset, so I corrected her. Yes, basically, this fucking Grady. Is quite obviously trying to get him to murder his family. <laughs> That's what I took away from it. Join my club, <clears throat> man. Kill your family. Yeah, it's great. I'll show you the axe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you're going to use to cut the cake when you're done. <laughs> so, Jack, uh, this is where he sabotages the radio. Yes. Mm. Yes. I um, believe somewhere around this point we get scenes of um, Scatman. Making his way, like he goes to the airport in Miami. Yeah, yeah he makes phone calls crime, and stuff, yeah. uh, can't get through. Um, and then, like, long story short, he decides to fly out. But there's quite a few scenes of him just on the phone. To his friend, this is uh, Tony, yeah. uh, whoever his name was, character. He's going to borrow the uh, the snowcat snow and all that to get there. Yeah, and then he flies out. But so I think, yeah, we see him trying to make the phone call in the short, in the, that's about it. The, uh, in the longer version, there is more yeah, to his journey there's, there's back to Colorado. Like, it, it's, it's almost unnecessary. Like, he literally tries to phone the hotel, can't get through to the hotel, phones the sheriff, asks the sheriff to radio them. Mm -hmm. And then he makes another phone call after that, and then he gets on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Wendy is still walking around with a bat in her hand, <laughs> which I don't blame her. There you are. Wendy still ha has her bat, and here we go. <laughs> yeah, Tony, Tony the Finger has now completely taken over Danny. Yes. And this is where... God, won't be careful saying that. <laughs> also, the, the red rum stuff, that yeah. is really cut down yeah, in the short this version. Is the first time he... Because in the long version, this is where he first starts... Saying, red shouting red run. Red run. That's it. And she's like, what? But in the shorter version, a lot of that red rum stuff is pretty much cut. Yeah, until and the later scene. Until the later scene when he writes it on the wall. But uh, where we are now, Wendy is, say, walking around with a bat, and this is where she heads into uh, oh, this is like... Colorado <laughs> Street, <laughs> where Jack is obviously not there. And she goes and takes a look at the typewriter to see what he has been working on all this time. Yes. And it turns out, Jack has written down, what is it? All work and no, no play, play makes Jack, Jack a dull boy. boy. But he over has and over and over dedicated again. himself to it because this is a whole fucking, like, hundreds and hundreds Manuscript. of pages of the same fucking yeah. thing written in different shapes. Yeah, yeah like, all different, like, different paragraph forms. Yeah. Yep. Um, somebody actually had to handwrite that, well, well hand type that all out. Do you know who did? Uh, was it Kubrick? It was Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he spent months doing it. Well, so it's right. mental. Because <laughs> there's not a blank page in there, apparently. Like, literally, apparently that whole wedge of paper is... Yeah, it's like a, 
<coughs> like if if you were to buy a pack of paper for a printing thing, it's like that thick. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is just filled with yeah, the same well, sentence over and over and over and over again. Would have only taken him the one month, but his son came in after he'd had a few drinks, knocked his pages over, he had to beat his kid. Again. <laughs> character. But yeah, this this scene is intense. Yeah, it, yeah. This is where it, he's finally lost it. Yeah. Like he was losing it from the fucking beginning. Think? Now he's totally fucking lost it. Jack appears, and you know what do you think? Also, when Jack appears, there's no stain on his jacket. Well, because it's because it's ghosts. Real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all made up. What off the ectoplasm? Sorry, of avocado. <laughs> Ghost jizz. It's trying to be subtle, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Spooky sperm. And uh, this is where they have their, of their many, probably the biggest confrontation. Oh, it's just it's my favourite scene, scene in the film. The yeah. whole scene is flawless yeah. from beginning to end, where essentially she is hysterical. Mm. Um, she's realised that her husband truly is insane and he's going to do something fucked up. She's trying to talk to him, saying, like, I want to get out of here. I need to take Danny to a hospital. We have to go. He is just like, no. Like, yeah. And he starts, like, doing that kind of, like, mimicking her voice. Like, you want to take him to a doctor? Mm. And he's just being so horrendously <laughs> cruel. Wendy. Wendy. Yeah, Wendy. I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. I just want to bash your brains in. She just... I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. It's so good. <laughs> She just realises he is getting crazier by the second, and yet she's trying to back away whilst pathetically trying, swinging, swinging a bat. bat she's yeah. obviously never held a bat, like, or swung a bat in her life, mm. as he is just coming after her up the stairs slowly, and it's creepy and terrifying and masterfully put together, and then she bashes him in the fucking head yeah. and knocks it's him a, out. More of a lucky strike, really, than yeah. anything sort of really attempted. Knocks him out cold and chucks him in the food storage room <laughs> fair play for to, for dragging him all that way because yeah i think that's quite a long way as well right. from that room to the kitchen mm. like, i get the impression like it, it's kind of um the way they filmed the hotel you're never sure how big it how is. big it is or where all these rooms are in mm. relation to the others yeah, like, yeah. So it seems big really... from the external shots you yeah. still know, know it still looks bigger on the inside or sometimes it looks smaller like it's yeah it's fucking big. but yeah you can sort of imagine like from like the the, the, the from the way the hotel seems from watching it that she's probably had to drag him through every fucking room you've ever been in <laughs> to yeah. get to the kitchen so. bung 4pm so we're guessing that everything we just talked about since the last bung all happened in mm. less than a day don't remember him getting breakfast he was going to be tetchy just saying don't know so Jack is now unconscious in the storage food storage room Yeah. and Grady shows up and it's just like, if you kill your wife and kid, I'll let you out. All right, yeah. No? No, 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 you're right, you're right. It's just, I, I, I seem to, in my, because like, it does the whole, uh, you've got a surprise coming to you. <laughs> um, talking that he's dismantled the snowcat and the radio. Mm. No, that's after he gets out. All right. This is as well that like one of the first things that you see that happens that you kind of almost have to assume there is something supernatural going on because obviously the door unlocks itself from the outside. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the confusing thing. Grady mm. essentially, the, well, we hear out. the door unlock. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we hear Grady's voice. We never see him, but we hear him on the other side of the door, mm. and he's just like, "Are you gonna essentially say you're gonna take care of this?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it," and then he lets him out. 
Well, you hear it unlock, and he gets out. So but if, yeah, if all of this is supposed to be in Jack's head, mm. ow, does that fuck happen? did he yeah. do that? Yeah, exactly. This is when we have the other, another sort of iconic scene: the red rum mm. scene. Obviously, Danny for a while now. If you've seen the extended version or normal version, <laughs> the correct version, the correct version, the good one, has just been shouting "red rum" for ages, and he gets up and writes "red rum" across the door, holding a knife. Oh, I'm not really sure why he has the knife. Exactly. In case point. you didn't get what I'm saying, yeah, I mean, you're going to freak Wendy out anyway just with the whole eh, ram, thing, but grabbing maybe, a knife as well. Maybe it's Tony's attempt, Tony the Finger's attempt to kind of protect her. Yeah, give her something to maybe, defend yeah. herself with, because to be fair, she does hold it for the rest of the movie pretty oh, much. Of course, yeah, she has the knife up. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. This, is the, yeah this is the build up to that scene. The other, <laughs> <laughs> another iconic scene, yes, uh, this is when Jack. Shows up with an axe and goes beast mode. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the the YouTube clip of where you can watch him and how he psychs himself up for this? Bit? Yeah, it's oh, insane. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking nuts. Like, yeah. That he's, almost wasn't acting. Like, he's just jumping was... up and down on the spot, going, Screaming. "I'm a big yeah. bad wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a psych. I'm an axe murderer." You see, like the kid goes to walk past him, and they go, "How about you go a few feet around him, actually, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, just just in case." Little pigs, little pigs. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nicholson gives like best performance of his career. Yeah, this, and he's you know not a shit actor. Um, in this scene, yeah, where he is axing the door to get through, get through one door with the Wendy, I'm home. Yeah. Um, I love that. I can't have a giggle every time he says that. Honey, I'm home. So Wendy and Danny hide in the bathroom. And he starts axing that door down. Mm -hmm. And the camera work is fucking fantastic in this scene. Mm -hmm. The way it's the sort of the profile side and um, the, the camera moves back and forth with the axe. Yeah. It, it just looks it's so like, oomph, so much impact mm -hmm. the way they've shot that. And then there's even the scene where the camera is just right on the other side of the fucking door and he's still axing at it and the axe is like right in front of the camera. If this was made... I don't know, by someone else. They might have gone, let's put it in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been shining fucking... 3D. Yeah. It should have been fucking horrendous. But yeah, it's fantastic. And um, Duval is like, I mean, the, 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 the sheer fear yeah. that she's projecting is, I mean, I mean, we know that we've heard some of the stories and stuff. So, I mean, by this point, she was probably strung out to fuck anyway. Yeah. Like, so it must have been terrifying. But. And he, uh, so he, he back, you know, smashes the hole through the door, does the here's Johnny line, mm. which was nearly cut. Mm. Oh, really? It was a reference to something. Johnny Carson show. Yeah. yeah. But because here's Kubrick Johnny. lived in, um, even though Kubrick was American, but he lived in the UK, mm. he didn't get the reference and nearly cut it out because it wasn't obviously in the script, it was unscripted by Nicholson. Yeah. And uh, she knifes his hand yep. after sending Danny out the window mm. to run off. She knifes his hand, and this is when Scatman finally arrives. He does. After travelling from Miami by plane and then driving for five hours in the snowcat to get to the hotel, he finally gets there and he's instantly killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did the same thing, but Dick arrives after his long, arduous journey across miles through the air and over frozen tundra and immediately gets an axe in the chest from Jack. Yeah. <laughs> say, that's a fucking good looking axe swing, though. It does seem like a, just such a sudden end to mm. that character. I think that adds to the impact. Like, this is oh, it. What's he gonna do? Oh shit! Yes, right. that that scene is fantastic. Yeah, and that because you're there, like he's 
here and he yeah he's also got the shining and he'll be able to shine their way out of there and he arrives and it's one take and that scene goes on for fucking ever as he's just walking down the corridor hello anybody here hello and it goes on and on and on and it's just the camera steady cam following from behind and then all of a sudden Jack Nicholson, who must have been behind that pillar for about 30 minutes, <laughs> jumps out with a... <laughs> screams and fucking axes him straight in the chest. Yeah. And that's it. He's done. Mm. There so, is uh, no hope. Mm. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, it's, it's a complete uh, step away from the book as well, because in the book, uh, Dick survives. He lives oh. to the end. Well, fuck Dick. Wait, let me rephrase that. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's also, yeah, because Dick it appears in the sequel. Oh. Yeah. How about that? From this point, this is where um, Jack goes, you know, on his now his I guess yeah. what he believes is going to be, boy! yeah, his killing spree. Also, why is he now limping? Uh, for when he fell down the stairs, he fucked his leg. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's he, been he, limping he since he fell there, down the yeah. stairs. I did not get that. Uh, yeah, so he's walk up before he starts axing the door. He's got a bit of a fucking um, gate. So he's going after Danny. Uh, Wendy is running around the hotel trying to find... Yeah, now she's seeing things. She's now mm. seeing things. She sees a man in a bear suit sucking off a guy. Yep. Yep. Which many people have <laughs> talked about and theorised as to what that fucking means. It's a reference to a subplot in the book where one of the guys has talked about, I think it was the old hotel manager, was having a gay affair with one of the guys who used to do one of the shows in there, and so he used to dress up as a dog so that he wouldn't get spotted. Because I, I looked that up In the, the book spot. it's a dog. Yeah. Yeah, in the movie it's a bear. Apparently in the film, there are lots of bears around Danny, like teddy bears and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be her finally realising that Jack has been sexually abusing Danny. Oh, is that that from that documentary, that Room 237? Uh, No, I haven't seen that. It's just something I read. I nearly went to watch it the other day, I wish I had. Um, Spoilers. (coughs) All right. Oh, I mean, that seems like a reach. (laughs) (laughs) This is what someone... (laughs) (laughs) This is what someone came up with... Um, People talk about like the fucking hidden messages throughout this film. Yeah. For like well since it came out, it could just be weird for the sake of weird. I mean, I could say like he uses an axe because it's a confusing allegory of that axes used by firemen who are supposed to be our heroes, but the dangers they can also be they kill a man with an axe. It's a double sided edge, and that's off the top of my fucking head. Yeah, I thought it's just a reference to furries before they were were a thing. Yeah. Or just like the the weird shit that used to go on at the hotel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, everyone, well not everyone, but some people have spent a long time thinking and looking into stuff like that. <laughs> a bit too much. Yeah. But, and then also she sees the uh, the great party, isn't it, Guy? I like him. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, his name is Horace Thurman. Yeah. And also there's a scene, a deleted scene, where she runs into the Colorado suite and is, is full of skeletons. Skeletons, yeah. Yes. We were talking about that the other day. It's oh. the only one that I, I personally feel didn't need to be in there like it, it doesn't it actually it, it affects the pace of it but how mm. are this children supposed to get it when it's referenced in Ready Player One otherwise <laughs> but yeah it just doesn't seem to it just like it, it, it's a very long scene because it's it just like um, I think in most in, copy in most versions it's, a, it's not in it it's a deleted yeah. scene mm. it, um, yeah she walks in and it's all covered in cobwebs and stuff and then it just does this whole thing where it goes like dung and there's like skeletons, skeletons and there, yeah. dung and there's some more dung and there's some more and it's just it's unnecessary no. so damn it Stanley Jack is now he's after killing them uh, 
for some reason, Danny went back into the hotel and then runs out again. I, was, I don't know why. Mother, yeah. mother. Yeah. So <laughs> Danny runs out into the maze, into the snow. Yes. And more iconic fucking shots coming up. Uh, Dan, Steady Cam following Danny through the maze as he's running around whilst Jack is chasing him, limping him with the axe. Actually, that shot when he comes out of the hotel for the first time at that kind of slightly... Uh, it's, it's, it's filmed low to the ground with the yeah. shot looking up at um, uh, Jack Nicholson as he's like all on the left-hand side limping along. I don't know, maybe it's meant to be like the viewpoint of Danny. Or maybe it just looks fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that shot when he first comes out and he's lit, that I think looks amazing with all well, of the snow point, and the lights. I mean, Jack has now <clears throat> descended to the point where he's not even using words anymore. He's no. Just Chasing right. after Danny, who has the brains to cover up his uh, footprints in the snow. Yeah, there's the whole retracing his footsteps thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Whilst Jack is just screaming, right. Another point, Mr. Kubrick, not such a perfectionist. <laughs> He's going to kick himself when he hears these. Yep. <laughs> this was actually pointed out by Larry Cohen in the documentary um, In Search of Darkness, which is about 80s horror. Mm. Larry Cohen made like low-budget, shitty yeah. slasher flicks. Mm. And he said, yeah, one thing I never got over with The Shining, and since, I've, since I heard that, I thought, oh yeah, I agree. That whole scene where they're running around in the freezing cold and he's shouting and screaming after him, you never see their breath. No, because mm. it was all filmed on a soundstage. Yeah, stage, it was all so filmed it was on never... a soundstage. It wasn't actually cold at all. That's because they've been taken over by the thing, you see, so they're not breathing. <laughs> 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 someone... It all links! It all links! We got it, we got it. <laughs> but someone like Kubrick, who was supposed to be such a perfectionist, yeah. and to omit something, a detail that large... It's a pretty big thing. I mean, yeah. Jack is doing his best to, to act cold. He's pulling his jacket like, uh, together. The thing is, Daddy, not so much. But mm. earlier in the film, when we see Wendy go outside to check on the snowcat, you can see her breath. Mm. She, she wasn't oh, a heavy smoker, though. Maybe she's just... Um, location. Location. Mm. So... To be fair, like if you're going to film a shot in the cold, in the massive, massive freezing conditions, that like you do actually risk potentially losing and killing your main star. So maybe that's what they did like that. As opposed to actually putting him in... This is Kubrick. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, he might do. Jack Nicholson's got an axe. <laughs> the shit that he put Shelley Duvall through. Like, fucking, yeah, I think I'm Jack surprised that he yeah. let them get away with having <laughs> such warm temperatures in the studio. <laughs> How dare you show your breath when I didn't put it in the final shot. Slut! <laughs> so um, <clears throat> yeah Danny manages to lose him in the maze Wendy then finds Danny finds his way out of the maze again yeah. Wendy is there they jump in Scatman's Scatmobile uh, don't call it that <laughs> <laughs> they escape in the Scatmobile stick him with that okay yep <laughs> and Jack Shit freezes everywhere. yeah Jack has a sit down and freezes to death mm. yes yes cut to a picture from 1921, the celebration of the 4th of July ball, and there at the front, quite prominently, is Jack. Is Jack Nicholson, as if he was always there. Always there. And everyone goes, "What? <laughs> <laughs> how does how does that work?" What? <laughs> Interestingly, actually, that picture was not taken for the film. There is an actual picture from the 20s with Jack Nicholson photoshopped into it. Mm. Mm. But yeah, uh, I it, I guess it kind of symbolises like the hotel has him now. Yeah, yeah well, that's like Grady so. now work because essentially everybody I've always assumed because now Grady works there or sort of 
in death works there. Yeah. So everybody that dies becomes one with the hotel. Yeah, that's to work. It, it's my idea of hell, like dying and, and going back to work and yeah, oh my God, it's going to work behind the bar every fucking day forever. So, yeah, it's, it's it, I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from. It, it, it resonates with me. <laughs> All our bits aside, it is a fantastic film. It's an amazing film. Fucking great. It's, it's, it's one of my favourite films and has been for a long, long time. It's my second favourite Jack Nicholson performance. Mm. First one being One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Which is also a must. Not a horror, but a must-see. Yeah, and a fucking must Yeah, I say, yeah, this it is iconic and it is a must. If you like horror in any way, you have to mm. fucking watch this if you yeah. haven't seen it. Um, there's just, kind of like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there is just a dread all yeah. the way through mm. it. From the music at the beginning, just constantly, mm. it's just unnerving yeah. all the way through. I mean, the, the music is clearly very deliberate. Mm. Clearly, very deliberate. Well, it, the music changes, like the, even like the instruments they use. Like it starts off fairly basic. The more kind of like as the edge more into the hotel, it gets a bit more synthy. When he loses his shit, you've almost got that like, almost like demonic choir kind of stuff yeah. over the top of it as well. Like it just everything layers up. Like it's mm. even oh, the scene yeah. when he walks into the ballroom, like the, the music playing at that party is mm. not quite right. Yeah, there's like, something off. Yeah. I don't know if it's like creepy. Maybe they like did it down by like a half a key or something. Like, like it, it, it sounds almost echoey. Like it's, it's just that kind of empty room. old mm. creepy music on like an old fucking um, um, what do you call them? Right, you mean stereogram? Yeah. Player things. Right, Everything yeah, yeah. it, it sounds a bit warped. Yeah. Right? yeah. I knew the oh. word until you needed to hear it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Gramophone. Gramophone. There uh, we got it. Right. Uh, so let's. <laughs> Famously horrible shoot. Mm. Particularly if you were showing about. Yes. Uh, any, I don't know if you guys know, but if you do know, don't say. But anybody who doesn't know want to guess how many weeks of filming this was? Shooting. shooting. Not pre or post-production, actual shooting. I don't know. I'll go with 30. 51. Fucking 51 hell. Weeks. 51 weeks of shooting. Jesus Christ. Well, we get more holiday time than that. <laughs> Which, of course, is just under a year. Yes. It was... I know some bits of production were postponed slightly due to a storm in Oregon, but that was obviously only, like, exterior shots and stuff like that. But, yeah, 51 weeks of shooting. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Other people considered for the role of Jack Torrance, Rob De Niro, Robin Williams... I've read that Robin Williams was up for... Like, Kubrick thought De Niro wasn't psycho enough and thought Robin Williams was too psycho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, this is one of those films I couldn't imagine anyone else playing him. No. No, 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 he made it. Even, even though like the character in the books is a, is a very... Not a very different character, but a markedly different character. Mm. Um, like, this film... I, I always look at the two as very separate things. There's the Stephen King book and there's the Stanley Kubrick I mean, film. Yeah, they're very, very separate. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, this the Stanley Kubrick film couldn't exist without Jack Nicholson in that role. Yeah, yeah. as we mentioned, the horrible shoot. And I'd say Shelley Duvall, um, yeah. who was well, she's basically fucking abused on. Yeah, yeah, just, she right? was abused and I mean, bullied. There's the famous yeah, shot of her when she's terrified confused her. in the the hallway and mm. she's crying because <coughs> Kubrick walked up to her, told her she was fired, and slapped her in the face. Like, you mm. can hear even in like um, uh, the making of thing. I think it's the Vivian Kubrick one. Mm. Um, Shelley Duvall's not having a good time, and Kubrick says to him, "No, don't have any sympathy for Shelley." Yeah, and like her hair was falling out. 
Yeah. Which again is documented. She um, quit acting for like twenty odd years. Well, it, it, it fucked her up. The whole experience completely. Like <clears throat> she descended into like she had uh, alcoholism and substance abuse. Um, she uh, is now a recluse. Uh, yeah, a complete recluse, and she's uh, she's paranoid, schizophrenic. Um, it, it, this this the whole that film ruined her. Mm. But she does doing, she, she does still talk about it. Yeah, like in a positive manner. Yeah. Um, in the sense, like, you know, I learned a lot and I gave a fucking brilliant performance. Mm. And even Kubrick afterwards was like, oh, God, she was fantastic. Yeah. Like, she, she was the best. Um, Jack Nicholson, uh, one of, like we said about him getting all fired up to do certain scenes, mm. in order to make him agitated, he was only fed cheese sandwiches, which apparently he hates. <laughs> uh, which also makes me question who hates cheese? I mean, well, I don't hate it. it. You just can't eat it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you no, could, I, I you would. Hate it. I love oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, mate. If, if I could just I'm, cure it, I'm gonna cheese all day long. If it wouldn't make me explode. Mm. <laughs> I ate a bar of chocolate in my own room on my own last night and farted for an hour and a half. And splendid, it was wonderful. Uh, as we mentioned, the Timberline Lodge in Oregon is the name of the actual uh, place they use the exterior shots of the Overlook. Is at the base of Mount Hood, and it's quite beautiful. Oh. Uh, the elevator scene, the famous one with the blood, was done in three takes. Really? But it also took nine days to set it up. Oh. <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, what, 27 days to get that right then? Yep. Fuck. Uh, the tennis ball scene, 50 takes. Fuck's sake, Danny. 50 takes. What, just to roll a ball? To roll like a Danny. ball. Yep. And the staircase scene, depending who you believe, 127 takes. Or according to the editor, between thirty-five and forty-five. Any of those numbers are too many takes yeah, to yeah. have to do that over and over and over again. But then uh, yeah, Kubrick famously used to do that to his actors anyway. Like even if you'd have the perfect take, and he just we're just going to do one more, and like yeah. to constantly be doing one more. One yeah, there's the bits where like they do a scene and they sit down. Apparently, the best working relationship he had on set was actually with um, the child Danny Lloyd. Yeah, and then with um, Jack Nicholson. So they do a scene. And then they'd sit down, like him and uh, Garrett, the, the Steadicam guy, mm. and Nicholson, uh, Kubrick, would all sit there and they'd watch it back on the monitor. And Nicholson would go, That's a pretty good scene, isn't it, Stanley? He's like, Yeah, it's great. Let's do it again. Yeah. And he would just constantly do it over and over and over again. He was David Fincher before David Fincher. <laughs> That's one thing we haven't mentioned actually was um, Danny Lloyd's performance in it. I actually think for a kid actor in the eighties, I thought he was really good in it. He also didn't know he was in a horror film. Yeah, Though until he was, he was never told he was in a horror film. I don't think there was this certain rules against exposing kids to certain. Things I don't think it was him. that. It was just like Kubrick um, was really protective over him. <coughs> yeah, apparently Kubrick didn't want him to know that he was in a horror film. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other kids like this that have been in other films that knew what they were yeah. making. Yeah. Um, but Danny was never like uh, yeah, Danny Lloyd was never told that. You're in a horror film. Apparently, um, he never saw the full version until he was 17. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, he had no idea. I, yeah, Kubrick was really protective over him. Apparently, even yeah, after the. Not uh, like bear dog suit protective. What? <laughs> <laughs> Listen back to it later. <laughs> Cutting out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, years afterwards, Kubrick would still. Um, like write him letters and like send him a uh, a Christmas card every year mm. and like phoned him on his like graduation day of high school and was like 
yeah, just like looked after the kid on set. He was like, he would do his homework with him and play games with him. And yeah, never let him know that anything scary was going on. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a good performance. He's not, you know, fucking irritating like most no, children. Not, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, well done. When he's like talking in the mirror and he's switching between his voices, that could have been so easy for a child mm. actor to fuck well, up. Apparently Danny Lloyd came up with the finger, Tony the Finger thing as well. Really? But yeah. then like, it's not Tony the character but the whole idea of he speaks it's through his finger, finger that was that it's definitely one of those rare things where he's a kid in a horror film where the minute he's on the screen you're not going i can't wait till he dies yeah. <laughs> it's not like silent night but that no. <laughs> that cunt's child <laughs> need to take me to the wall <laughs> oh and uh, bound for glory was the name of the film the first ever film to use a steady cam on it that was it it's a woody guthrie biopic which i have not seen i've not seen it no and Finally, and most famously, Stephen King fucking hates this film. <laughs> With a passion. passion. Yes. Um, he... I think he feels there's far too many liberties taken with his original well, story. Well, he, he wrote... He did write a script, didn't he? Which I yes. believe was rejected. Yes. Uh, by Kubrick. They actually, and even Kubrick's script was changed so many times throughout filming that Jack Nicholson said he gave up reading uh, the script and he'd just show up on the day and be like, what, what is it today? What yeah. have we got now? Uh, he, he said he liked it. King does say he likes the way it looks, though. Yeah. He's called it, what, the famous quote, a fancy car with no engine. Yeah. Um, well, he he right feels Christy. like Kubrick missed the point. Yeah, he also didn't like Shelley Duvall. Or <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Well, uh, the Wendy character in the book is, like a is blonde completely cheerleader different. type, isn't she? Completely different. Mm. She's a much stronger character than, than the Duvall portrayal. Yeah. Um, which also makes the, the whole... <clears throat> arc a bit more interesting between her and Jack yeah. like she's not like this submissive mouse yeah. like for the yeah. entire thing like he, he the, the, she builds up to being absolutely terrified of him mm. um, and it's a, yeah it's a much more interesting arc but, but not taking away from Duval's performance she's fantastic but, yeah. yeah it's a different thing and King has also said quite famously he doesn't know why anyone finds it scary he really really doesn't like this I don't know and everyone's like listen Stephen we know it's changed a lot, but it's a really good film. But yeah, he, I think he's very proud of The Shining yeah. like, as, a, as one of his works and stuff, so he feels like it was changed far too much. But then, I mean, he did have his, his stab at doing it. 1997's yeah, the, the, the miniseries, miniseries. The three-episode miniseries, which barely anybody's ever seen, um, and it's fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it, it sticks much more closely to the original story. The casting's terrible. Rebecca De Mornay plays uh, Wendy. She's, I think she was only in it and they used her name to make it famous because she yeah. was still riding well, the fame of else um, was it Hand That Rocked the Cradle would come out a couple yeah. of years before. Which is way better and you should watch All it. I know is the guy from Dracula Dead and Loving It is in it. Yeah. Who plays Jack. Plays Jack, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's uh, there's, there's a whole thing in the book where uh, the maze isn't in the book. Mm. There's hedge um, there's animals. A, there's a hedge animals, that's and they come pirey, to life. Yeah, and they come to life, and they Which attempted sounds... to do this in the ser- in the miniseries. Of course, like the CGI back then was uh, fledgling. At well, best. this is the reason that was written out of the 1980 version because Kubrick was like special effects aren't good enough for that. Yeah, mm. um, he also hated. Like, I don't think he liked that the idea of that as well. Like, it, it, it's very much a. a, a, a Jack's descent into madness, whereas the book is like actually possessed by a demon. But Sting King always like maintains the Overlook is a character in itself. Mm. It's like a haunted uh, house. It's like a haunted house, basically. Kind of yeah, like the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. 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 
the, the Overlook's supposed to have a certain sort of personality to Stephen King, whereas mm. uh, Kubrick was like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, so he excised that. We even know, I, mean, I can understand maybe I mean, the, the choice of like trying not to do it because maybe he just couldn't think of a way to convincingly portray it on screen. Like you know, they say how some things are unfilmable. Like. Yeah, um, but yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's one of those. Like, I, I suppose there probably is a way of doing it now. Yeah, nowadays. Um, well, we'll find out later. Uh, yeah. In a couple of episodes' time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was The Shining. Book is good, apparently. Mm. Mr. Smith is the only one that can read. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've written all my notes in hieroglyphics. <laughs> Mine are just in pictures. <laughs> uh, and... What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> the film is good. Apparently the book is good, but quite different. Yes. Mm. But both. Very different animals. Yeah. Masterpieces in their own little ways. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Thumbs up all round. Yes. Yes. And fingers. Hey, Tony. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Well, that's it. Uh, we'll be back shortly in another episode, because this one's God knows how long, uh, talking about Dr. Sleep, the sequel. Bye. Bye. <laughs>